Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Luke 22, 1 through 38. People are forgetful. And I'll offer myself up as the first example. I can be a pretty forgetful person. I'm good with obscure details from a long time ago, but sometimes remembering what I went downstairs to get is hard. And we we need to remind ourselves of things. I'm thankful for technology uh, that if something comes up and I'm like, oh yeah, I need to remember that. I got to take the trash cans out tonight. I can just say, hey Siri, remind me to take the trash cans out tonight. And guess what? I'll get a reminder to do that. I am so thankful for things like that. Well, guess what? God knows that we are forgetful people. And he, from a very, very long time ago, has given us important reminders so that we might remember things that are important. And today, we will see one of those things with the institution of the Lord's Supper as we look at Luke 22, verses 1 through 38. Now, this section really does uh, take us through this last supper, or at least Luke's account of it. Uh, not that there's any contradiction between Luke and the other Gospels, but uh, they sometimes emphasize different details. For instance, John tells us about the washing of the feet. Luke doesn't include that detail, but we will see much of what he does include and why it's important today. It really starts, though, with the plot to kill Jesus, which in which Judas under really the influence and even possession of Satan, becomes a willing participant. The the Jews want to kill Jesus. The Jewish leaders do. The chief priests and scribes is how Luke puts it. And then Judas, he goes and confers with them on how he might betray him. He receives money, and now he is seeking an opportunity to betray him in the absence of a crowd. And I think that detail actually explains what we then see in verses 7 through 13 of the setup. And one thing you'll notice, and Luke isn't the only gospel that emphasizes this, we see this really all the way around, is that as Jesus goes to the cross, he is sovereign over every single detail. He is going on his terms. Uh, So even here, this Passover and sending Peter and John in, in kind of this cryptic way, uh, finding this man carrying a jar of water, um, what's going on with that? Well, guess what? Now Judas doesn't know where it's going to be. So as he's seeking, hey, where in the absence of a crowd am I going to get Jesus and help him get arrested? Well, man, having dinner together, that seems like an ideal place to do that. Well, no, that's not going to happen. Jesus will make sure he gets the Last Supper with his disciples. And then as we get to the last actual supper, we uh, see that in verses 14 through 20, the institution of the Lord's Supper. And one thing to note that we maybe forget about in our cultural context is verse 15. I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. 
Now, that is an interesting detail that we must know. This was a Passover meal. So that meal that they were eating was an essential reminder of something that God had done. This takes us all the way back to Exodus and the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn. How were the Israelites to avoid this plague? By killing a Passover lamb and putting its blood on the doorposts of the house so that the destroying angel would pass over their houses. And God didn't want his people to forget about what he had done. So he set up really a national holiday to remember what had happened in Egypt. So now Jesus is going to use that opportunity to set up a new thing that is meant still today to help Christians remember something important. And then we see what happens in verse 17. He took a cup and when he had given thanks said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So Jesus gives them the bread and the cup to remember his body and the new covenant in his blood. And that's where churches today will still celebrate the Lord's Supper. Now, there have been some disagreements about the nature of that throughout the history of the church. The Roman Catholic Church taught that the the bread and the wine literally became the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And that is something I would consider a heretical view because then the mass amounts to a resacrifice of Christ. And no, he he was sacrificed once for all. But even if you go to the reformers, there were discussions about this, some taking a view that somehow Christ is is present in this and others taking a more memorial view that, that there's nothing mystical about the bread and the the cup. It's it, it's a memorial. It's help to help us remember. And that is the view that I would take on this and that's where I would say that is important. We need those reminders. We need to remember. Uh, And that's why it's important for our churches to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And so different churches may do that at varying frequencies. It's not something the Bible is specific about. At Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, we do it on the first Sunday of each month, but it's a part of the rhythm of our church because we need that time to remember. So I want to encourage you as one of the applications of this, as you celebrate the Lord's Supper with your church, take advantage of that time. Don't just view that as, oh, I go through the motions and I eat the bread and I drink the cup and and I move on with my life. No, that is an important thing that Jesus himself gave to the church so that we might remember. And there is a power 
in remembering important things. Uh, Jesus even mentions the new covenant there, uh, which takes us back to the Old Testament, but also it'll be talked about again later in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 8, as he describes the new covenant, starting in verse 8, he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand and to bring them out of the land of Egypt. There, another thing that gets us thinking about the Passover, for they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. They shall teach, not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, for I will be merciful towards their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. Man, isn't that worth remembering? That because of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, your iniquities have received mercy and God remembers your sin no more. I want you personally to make that time of the Lord's Supper at your church a special time where you remember what Christ did for you, because we tend to forget about the magnitude of what Jesus did for us on the cross, and we need to remember. So take advantage of that time. Next, we go on through the chapter, and we see uh, Jesus then foretelling the betrayal that is going to come. And it's interesting how that goes seemingly straight into a dispute of the disciples about which one is the greatest. Now we've seen conversations like this in the gospels before, but hear what Jesus says in verse 25. And he said to them, the Kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you rather let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater, one who reclines at table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table? But I am among you as the one who serves. So Jesus even making the point that he has set the example that even though he is the greatest, he served them. And that gets us thinking ahead to John's account where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And he is saying that is how his people should should be. So let that be a reminder to you today, whether you're at home, at church, at work, at school, you need to walk into there as a servant. Um, And God loves that. God rewards those who sacrifice. And then he speaks of a, I think really a specific reward for the the apostles as he talks about them um, eating and drinking at his table in my kingdom and sit on 12 or sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So he's saying they are going to sit on thrones and judge the tribes of Israel. He's promising a reward for them. And that one, I think, is specific for the disciples. But we see other statements more general throughout the scripture, uh, commenting on how Jesus will reward his people. And then as the, this section concludes, we see Jesus foretelling Peter's denial. And one thing to note here in Luke's account is how he already is giving Peter post-denial instruction. In verse 21, he says, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. It seems clear from the gospels, Peter was to have a clear leadership role 
in the early church. And Jesus already here is exhorting him to that end. And then finally, you see an interesting section unique to Luke, where he says, when I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything? And they said nothing. And if you remember, we've even commented on the podcast, some of those sections where Jesus is sending them out and and telling them, don't bring a money bag or a knapsack or, you know, these things, that that was unique to those specific trips and not meant to be instruction for all Christians everywhere. Why would I say something like that? Because of what Jesus says right here. And he says, but now let the one who has a money bag, take it. And likewise, a knapsack and let the one who has no sword, sell his cloak and buy one. For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors, but what is written about me for what is written about me has its fulfillment. He quotes there Isaiah 53 and says, Hey, this is fulfilled. And he's urging them to be prepared um, and to take the practical steps they need to take to be prepared to live in a world that is hostile to Christ. Um, Get a knapsack, have a money bag, even get a sword um, so that you are prepared for life in this world. But it seems that the disciples don't quite get this as they say, look, here are two swords. And he says, it is enough. Um, And we'll see even the idea then Peter, who then uses a sword and is rebuked to put away your sword. I don't think we should take this teaching, hey, sell the cloak and get a sword um, against what Jesus says to Peter and even the example of the early church, that the sword was not to defend them just from persecution. No, the history of the church is, is the history of, of martyrs, people who followed in the example of Christ. Um, But being prepared, uh, whether it is, you know, the dangers of just robbers or whatever on the roads, having a money bag, having a knapsack, these were things they were to have. So he is preparing them for ministry in the world after he is gone. But as we seek to do ministry, we need to remember. And even as we consider the Passover, a holiday that was meant to remember what God had done in saving the Israelites from the Egyptians, we have been saved from something greater. God has given us the Lord's Supper to help us remember that. So take advantage of that. Remember what Jesus Christ has done for you. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.